Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. The Go Radio Football Show with TheTaxiCentre.com. Don't miss out on huge savings on your new taxi. Available exclusively to the taxi trade. Let's go, go, go. I don't know about you, but I feel like a celebration. Full football grounds are back. Restrictions, no more. That crazy cap of 500, no more. The sound of silence, no more. When the Scottish Premiership emerges next Monday from its winter hibernation, we should be talking 60,000 for Celtic against Hibs and big crowds the following night at Petaudry, at Tannadice, Tyne Castle, Almondvale and in Dingwall. Stephen Cragen, it's the news all of Scottish football's been waiting for. Absolutely. I think the, the main word is relief that there's going to be supporters back into the stadium. You know, very often, Rob, that the SPFL and the SFA and you know, the Joint Response Group have come under a little bit of pressure, but I think the decision they made to bring the winter break forward by a week has paid dividends. I don't know if there are any kind of uh, inkling that it may happen whenever they made that decision. However, you know, whatever the way they went about it, certainly having fans back inside the stadium is going to be terrific once again. Sorry, can I just check that? Are we praising the people who run yeah. Scottish football? Yes, because we're always first to jump on the the bandwagon if they make a mistake or they make an error or or they have a bad judgement call so I think when they make a good decision it's time to pat them in the back and say well done more of the same yeah and you would imagine it is going to be a full house at Celtic Park yeah. for that first game next mm. Monday we're six days away now it's, it seemed like a long way away uh, not so very long ago but, but it is getting closer and I guess today's news just gets you even more excited doesn't it about getting getting to top flight football yeah Listen, we've been through the period of watching football and, and there's no fans at it. We've worked at enough games. Um, and I think we appreciated them even more when they did come back in their numbers. So to have that thought that they could be, you know, a, another three, four, five weeks without any fans in the ground wasn't going to be a nice feeling or wasn't, you know, we certainly weren't going to be looking forward to it. So I think relief is the word, but, um, you know, for a number of reasons, because first of all, the government must think that the, that the you know, COVID itself is not under control a bit more, but, you know, to allow people back in the stadiums is a big call from them. Um, I think the supporters' mental health and they love going to the games and, you know, it's part of their daily life, you know, going to the games. And I think players and managers having the atmosphere of crowds and also the club, the clubs financially, Rob, need the money coming yeah. in. Of course, you know, we wouldn't put people's lives at risk. The government wouldn't put people's lives at risk if they didn't think it was safe enough. But financially for football clubs, if they had to go another month without any income through, through the gate, would have been a tough, you know, a tough period for them. So, Everyone's a winner. I did see a headline attributed there today to Roy McGregor. You do a lot of work with Ross County. Uh, he was quoted as saying, I think that Ross County have lost a million pounds. Now, you think about uh, the size of Ross County as a football club. Uh, they've lost a million pounds. Yeah. I mean, that, that that puts it into perspective, doesn't it? And it underlines what you're saying, that uh, the clubs need full houses back and yeah. plenty of them to come. Well, they do. You know... You... You can only imagine then what other clubs could be losing, Rob. That's Ross County losing a million pounds. 
some clubs have been able to, you know, balance it off by selling a player, you know, by bringing in some finances. That way, a club like Ross County doesn't sell players in big numbers or for or for big fees at this moment in time. Maybe it's something they want to, you know, try and do in the future. However, you know, that shows when you need a wealthy backer, someone who is passionate about football, and Roy McGregor certainly is. So, um, you know, definitely, I, I think all football clubs today, even smaller clubs, hearing the supporters allowed back in, will they will breathe a huge sigh of relief. Just looking at um, the downside. I mean, the the you know anything any, anything on the downside of today's news is almost immaterial because uh, the headline uh, will do for us that that uh, full houses are back in Scottish football. But there is going to be uh, entry is going to be more difficult. Getting people inside the grounds mm-hmm. is going to be more time consuming. I mean, it's going to be interesting how this is all achieved. Uh, hopefully, it can be comfortably. But the the deal now is that crowds of a thousand or more. Uh, the, the there need to be uh, vaccine certification needs to be checked at a level of fifty percent. It was twenty percent of a crowd of over a thousand. Now it's fifty percent. So basically, putting that into numbers, it means that uh, next Monday, thirty thousand people are going to have yeah. to have their uh, vaccine certification checked on the way into the ground, which is going to require a fair bit of man and woman would, and child power. You would, you would imagine. So. You would think so, but clubs and supporters you know, would be, I wouldn't say they'd be happy to do it, but they'll be happy to do it to get back into the games. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If the option is you don't go to the game or no one gets in if they don't test 50% of of people's um, COVID passports, then I think everybody would say, well, that's fine. We'll just leave a little bit early. We want to get there. You know, you know how important football is to people. So hopefully through time, again, these things will dissolve as you go on through time. But I think initially to get people back into the grounds, the clubs and the supporters would probably have done anything, Rob, to get back in. Yeah. If it means doing that, if it means going to the ground a little bit earlier, so be it. You know, because, you know, they enjoy watching their team. And, you know, Scottish Cup's coming up as well. You know, yeah. you think Alexa Sterling Albin going to Ibrox, Alawa hosting Celtic, getting mm-hmm. a full, full crowd. There's money comes from those games that can keep clubs going for the next two or three years. You know, TV money and stuff get into it also. So it'll be, a, you know, it'll, it'll be a relief and it'll be great for everyone to go back and, and, and watch their team. Everyone's had a little bit of a layoff. They'll be desperate to be back and make some noise. The title race is finally poised, isn't it, with Rangers and Celtic? Celtic making all the signings. Rangers selling Nathan Patterson. You know, tr- you know, probably keeping the, m- the majority of their squad intact. So it's really set up for a, a terrific second half of the season. Let's get your view on it. Oh eight oh eight seventeen seventeen seven hundred. If you're listening to this and you're going to be going to a game next week, give us a shout uh, because we're in the mood for celebration. Uh, fans back. Uh, we just did that one day Boxing Day uh, when the five hundred cap. Uh, came into being in terms of the Premiership of course then we took the early break and it's proved to be a good decision as uh, Craig's was saying there um, and we're back in business next week one game won the Premiership Monday night Celtic Hibs and then the other five uh, play on Tuesday Pataudry, Tannadice, Tynecastle, Ammonville and uh, Victoria Park in Dingwall as well talking of uh, Pataudry, we have an Aberdeen fan John with us on the line now and John how are you feeling of course Aberdeen play Rangers Tuesday night how are you feeling about that decision today uh, it's it's brilliant you know it's just um it was it was need, it was need to be done i mean um other people have their views on whether um you know it was the right decision by the Scottish government i personally don't think it was um, i think with the point now that we have to live with this in our society because it's not going away. Um, but that's another thing. But um, but no, I'm absolutely delighted it's back. Um, I obviously can't make the Rangers game next week because so it's midweek. And but I'm going to. I was saying to your um, producers um, that I'd booked up for hospitality for um, 
the St Johnson game at the end of the month because I should have been doing that for my forties last year, but ah. it didn't happen because there was no crowds. Mm-hmm. So you could just imagine what my body was like. Is this going to be deja vu? But thank God it's happening. <laughs> so I'm a bit delighted. Yeah, a sigh of relief for you then, John, today. And so from from what you're saying, you didn't think that these restrictions should have been brought in in the first place. No, because um, no, there was from what I can. I mean, I'm no health expert, so you don't need to take my word for gospel, obviously, but. You know, but from my understanding was that um, the the symptoms were were quite mild, and uh, you know we're we're at a place now where people been have been asked to do a lot, like do the vaccines, and most people have been doing them, and most people, and I do say most people because I do realise there's an exception, but most people have been you know sanitising, putting the masks on, etc. It was almost like, well, you've done all that, but you're, it's still not enough, and it's a bit of it was a bit of a kick in the teeth. Um, but I'm glad the clubs made the decision to um, ha- bring forward the winter break. I actually think they should win, win one step further by doing it for Boxing Day because six clubs lost out on an awful lot of money by reducing to 500. But um, I don't know why that wasn't taken, but uh, only um, the SPFL know. But we've got to look at the positives. Um, you know, it's we're coming back and hopefully there is no more of this because, you know, People are just getting fed up, Rob. Yeah, I know. The feel-good factor amounts to a lot, doesn't it? You you know, we, we, we talk about the feel-good factor, but what we're really talking about is mental health, of course, you know, and and people uh, brought up the way by, by going to a football match, letting off steam and all the rest of it, uh, and feeling pretty down when they're confined to barracks and, and they can't actually get to a game. I mean, I was just saying to Craig's there that it's obviously going to be more stringent in terms of, uh, monitoring vaccine certification it's now going to have to be half of the crowd rather than a 20% uh, and the other thing is that uh, the requirement to be fully vaccinated is now going to include having the booster if you haven't had the second dose more than four months ago the, these these things are, are worth knowing aren't they because you don't want to be going to a game and turning up and finding that you can't get in because you don't have the suitable uh, certification and clubs crags obviously have to have enough staff on the go that getting that number and I mean fans should be going there earlier yeah. <laughs> if, if logic applied but yeah. but we know uh, we're all, and we're all the same in that regard aren't we that sometimes we turn up nobody turns up later than me actually to a football match but you know if you're looking to get in you're going to need to allow a little bit of extra time aren't you yeah you can imagine the clubs will be letting supporters know that Rob you know because uh, it will be a trial and error basis they'll have to make adjustments you, uh, you'd imagine game by game as to go on uh, I just wonder if lower league clubs are thinking, why is it starting on Monday? Why can't it not start on Saturday? You know, when some mm-hmm. of the clubs would, yeah. would, would quite easily get more than 500. Is two days, you know, it, will it make a big difference? Probably not. Mm. You know, well, you know, I, I'm not you know, being critical of them, but you just wonder. You've made the announcement yeah. today. Why not just well, make well, it immediate? Say, well, st- yeah, immediate yeah. or we'll start from Saturday. It yeah. gives people time to plan. It gives them, uh, you know, a, a chance to get things set up. Um, plus also, you know, I think Scottish football fans have been looking on at envy their English counterparts having full crowds still the whole way through Christmas and mm. New Year. You know, that's just talking on John's point about the frustration of it all and just watching the English football going ahead with crowds and stuff like that was a little bit frustrating. So I think all around, there's no doubt it's it's, it's, it's a great decision. Um, hopefully everyone um, will, will stay in line and do what they have to do, uh, you know, to get into games and then, you know, further in the line it can be, it can be wiped away, hopefully. As an Aberdeen fan, I mean, we've seen Nathan Patterson obviously uh, heading down the road to... Uh, to Everton 
uh, £12 million pounds and plus a bit more to come in, in add-ons. There's, there's a story we'll talk about on the show today about uh, Kerr Smith, it seems, from Dundee United, aged just 17. He's not long-term 17. It seems as if he's heading for Aston Villa in a deal that could up, add up to about a couple of million pounds in the final analysis. And what are you thinking, John, about, about Calvin Ramsey? Do you, do you think it's fairly inevitable that, that he's going to be on the way out of Pataudry? I don't think there's a doubt that'll happen um, at some point, whether it's hopefully not this window, um, but I think it will probably happen probably at the end of the season. But you're obviously talking 12 minutes for Nathan Parson, who is um, you know, a terrific player. And, um, I don't think Ramsey's at that level, but if um, Dundee United are getting, what, two million plus add-ons for um, mm. Keir Smith, I think, you know, some people are saying Aberdeen accept four million for Calvin Ramsey. I think we should try and be holding it for a bit more, yeah, maybe yeah. five or six without without question. Because he's played more games than Smith. Yeah, I don't I don't that that fig, I'm not sure where that figure came from initially. I don't it's certainly not come from Aberdeen. I mean I, you know, they, they I don't think they've quoted any sort of figure. But you would have to Craig's look at the the numbers involved with Nathan Patterson and yeah. scale it down accordingly for, for Calvin Ramsey. But I'm not sure you would go as far down as four million, would you, based on, on what he's done? I mean, he's played a lot of football. He would yeah. have probably played just about every game for Aberdeen yeah. had he not been injured this season. See, the problem is, you know, uh, the player's only worth what someone will pay. Aberdeen can come out and say we want 10 million, for example. But if someone only bids three or a couple of clubs bid three, they have to decide to try and sell that or try and negotiate and see how it works out. But... I think it's certainly helping Scottish players or younger players when you look at Brexit and the work permit. I think with Jackie McNamara on before, mm. didn't one of the shows talking about it, that it's more difficult now to bring in young players from abroad. Yeah. English clubs, that's the market they would normally go and work in. So they're having to look to Scotland. They don't need work permits. Brexit's not a problem with Scottish players. Hence the reason why value is slightly going up. When mm. Kerr Smith going to Aston Villa, it's easier to get him in. And Nathan Patterson going to, uh, going to Everton. Calvin Ramsey will be one of the next ones to go, you'd imagine. You know, for Aberdeen fans, they would like to see him for a little bit longer. John's talking about that. However, uh, you know, we're talking about Ross County losing a million pounds. I'm sure, you know, Dave Cormack would, would, would have lost a lot of money mm. or the club would have lost a lot of money. Yeah. So having the likes of Lewis Ferguson and having even Ryan Hedges who may go in this window, having Calvin Ramsey, guys that you can sell, assets that you can sell, can plug that gap. But ultimately, Stephen Glass wants the strongest team on the pitch. He wants to try and keep it as long as possible. However, if the bid comes in, you think Aberdeen would have to sell. John, you're an Aberdeen fan. You're a Scotland fan, of course, uh, as well. Um, what are you thinking about the news uh, about Billy Gilmore? A little bit worrying. Um, and I don't think we've got really the full answer on it yet. He's got an ankle injury. He picked it up in training uh, before their FA Cup game at the weekend, so he didn't feature. The The word at the moment is, is that he's out for up to four weeks. Uh, he's gone back to Chelsea for a fuller examination, I think, but um, it does worry us a little bit, doesn't it, with uh, with that match? It's far enough away probably at the moment, uh, the playoff for Scotland in March, but uh, you wouldn't want this to be too serious, would you, for Billy Gilmore? Well, definitely. See, before I answer the Billy Gilmore question, I just want to point out that um, you were talking about clubs losing money, etc. A lot of people forget that during this pandemic, clubs have actually had to increase their costs by um, sitting in the PCR testing, by um, you know, putting on extra... All the protocols. So, yeah. So, yeah. And, no, and even um, you know, even staff taking cars, they'll need to get their fuel expenses off someone, so it's going to be the club. So they're getting their... Their, their costs are increasing, mm. but their profits are decreasing. So they have to make the money back somehow. And um, But that doesn't mean that... Um, Aberdeen should just accept the first bid for Calvin Nams. They should hold it for as much as they can when you consider what some average players down there go for. So, um, yeah. But with regards to Billy Gilmore, who is certainly not an average player, he's a top player in my eyes, um, has got the potential to be a top player. 
Yeah, it is a wee bit worrying that he's picked up this injury, but if you're talking three to four weeks, which takes us to the middle of February, um, then you've got to think that's still got enough time for him to recover, get back in the knowledge team, hopefully um, be firing all cylinders um, ahead of the, the Ukraine match, um, and hopefully step one of two to World Cup later in the mm. year. He's 20, Crags, but uh, it would be a massive blow to Scotland because he is such a central figure to the way Scotland are playing now. I mean, if there's one area of the pitch where you can do with a, a player or two, it's certainly in central midfield. But I just think the impact that he's made since he came into the side, you know, his control of the ball, his awareness, his bravery to take possession, uh, you know, for someone so young, it would be a huge loss for them. Of course they would. You know, Steve Clark would have to deal with that when it comes along. You'd imagine Steve Clark has probably already made a phone call just to ask how he is and mm. how things are going along. You'd imagine that will be coming uh, through to him. So, listen, he, he's been pivotal to how Scotland have played, how they've wanted to play, how they've passed the ball, how they've kept possession a little bit better. Um, so, you know, when you come to the end of the big games, you want your best players available, and he's certainly that. Just one final one from you, John, before you go. Um, obviously, today's news means that uh, your birthday celebrations are back on in hospitality at Pataudry, uh for that home game against St. Johnston. But just generally, your thoughts today um, about grounds able to have full houses again? It's, it's great news, and I just hope that, you know, we don't go back again. I mean, to be fair, I think Nicholas Sturgeon did hint yesterday that we need to start thinking about living with COVID in our, our society. And, it's, it, 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 you know, obviously I feel for people who catch the disease and et cetera, you know, you don't want to spread the virus, you don't want that happening, um, and you want to try and um, reduce this. But at the same point, it's not going anywhere. You need to find ways of living with it. You know, we've got a vaccine process um, in place. I just hope everyone keeps the warning about the vaccine. Um, they've made it um, clear that 50% um, check um, on people coming in. Um, so don't take that chance. Just um, get everyone vaccinated. So, but I'm absolutely delighted. Um, and hopefully hopefully fans um, will will turn up at these games as well, you know, because and support the clubs. Because mm. as I mentioned before, 18 months without money yeah. is a long time in Scottish football, as we know. Um, so um, it's... What what is it they say Scottish football is the best um, supported league in Europe by head of population? Mm. Well, let's see that, um, and hopefully clubs can um, can thrive again because um, they've done very well to survive this period without anyone going under or even in administration. And I think that's credit to people for helping out. Yeah, and maybe we just appreciate uh, that whole experience of being football fans inside a ground uh, much more than we did because uh, we maybe don't take it for granted as much as we did. Uh, John, good to hear from you. Take care of yourself and we'll talk to yeah, you soon. You, you too, guys. Thank yeah, you. John. Well, Rangers midfielder uh, Joe Aribo is currently in action uh, at the Africa Cup of Nations. His Nigeria are playing Egypt uh, an hour gone. And they are 1 0 up, and it was his assist, Craigs. It was a little header yeah. down, wasn't it? Converted by Iannaccio. Yeah, it's Egypt have made a lot of the run in the last five or 10 minutes. Mo Salah's playing. So, you know, a lot of managers will be looking at their players, hoping they're staying fit and healthy, <laughs> staying away from any kind of COVID thing going about. But yeah, it's good to see the African nations on. So it's always a good watch, always you know, good to see the. I suppose see some players you don't see very often, but Joe Rebo, yeah, had an assist for the Nigeria goal as they went there, as they're leading 1 0. Rangers midfielder involved there. Uh, we'll be uh, talking next about three new additions to the Celtic squad. Uh, they've been making their debut in terms of uh, media conference uh, today, the th new Japanese arrivals for Celtic. And we'll be finding out next what they had to say. 
The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com. Don't miss out on huge savings on your new taxi. Available exclusively to the taxi trade. Let's go, Oh, how good does it feel? Full grounds in uh, Scottish football from Monday. Just in time for the Premiership to get back to business. Celtic against Hibs, five games in the Premiership the following night. And of course, it's good news for uh, all the teams in the Championship and below as well. Uh, Not in time for this weekend, unfortunately, for them. Uh, But ongoing, uh, they will be able to get bigger. The likes of uh, Kilmarnock, Partick Thistle will be able to get crowds that are much more like it. Uh, So it's good news uh, today. Um, More stringent in terms of getting people inside the ground and checking on vaccine certification, etc. But the main thing is, it's going to be full houses. And you'd imagine it's going to be 60,000 for Celtic against Hibs on Monday night. I wonder if Kyogo is going to be ready for that one. It did sound from Manch Postacoglu uh, when he picked up that latest injury uh, that it wouldn't be too serious and he might be available and he might have some uh, fellow countrymen uh, involved in that game as well uh, the new three the newly arrived three Japanese players Ryo Hatate, uh, Daisen Maeda and Yusuke Idaguchi um, any resemblance between those pronunciations and the actual ones were purely accidental I would think but uh, maybe Joe Hendry uh, is more informed than I am because uh, our own Joe was uh, involved in that Zoom call media conference today with the three new Japanese arrivals at Celtic Joe how was it? There, that was decent. I didn't do a good job in opening your microphone, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the pronunciations were okay. We've got pronunciations you now. Pronunciations were fine. Um, yeah, so we spoke to Daisen Maida today, like you say, and Yusuke Idaguchi will get Rio Hitati. More from him on the show tomorrow night. Yeah, and it was a really interesting press conference. Um, translator was in attendance for, for the three guys as well. So um, we got to talk to him. We'll go dies and we spoke to first, um, who we all know has come over from Yokohama F. Marinos. Um, he was a joint top scorer there last season. I and mean, the big thing from him today, really, um, as you mentioned, he's looking forward to that potential partnership with Kyogo. Um, he talked about them both having similar speed and using that as a strength to challenge opposition. So... I think that's a, a prospect that a lot of people are interested in. Yeah, 23 goals, I think it was, Craggs, mm. in, in 36 appearances yeah. for him in the J-League. That's a hell of a, a strike rate. Um, and I guess the Celtic fans will uh, be licking their lips at the prospect of of how those two are going to combine. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he gets him into the team. I think Maeda can play off the left-hand side. We've already watched Kyogo playing off the left-hand side or the right-hand side. I think he's more potent when he's playing as a centre-forward. But I think also what you have to remember is it's bringing these players in to help share the workload. You know, mm-hmm. Kyogo was put, you know going through so many games, little niggling injuries. I think even David Turnbull missing through injuries. It just gives Ange Postecoglou the opportunity to rotate a little bit more. You know, bring players out from a midweek game and play them at a weekend to try and make sure you keep that intensity and the dynamism in the game. That's one thing he speaks about, always trying to maintain the intensity of their play and their pressure and their high energy. So having these extra players coming in this window will certainly help share the workload but listen for Celtic fans it's going to be exciting to see what these players can bring how did they seem how did did they seem settled and happy Joe from what you could from what you could gather because I guess it's been a big benefit for them that, that the advanced party has been Kyogo and he's certainly settled down and delivered yeah and I think that you know you got that sense today that they have taken a lot from how successful Kyogo has been so far um, and a couple of the guys said that they did speak to him beforehand before they came here um, so yeah I, I think that there's definitely a positivity um, and you know we talked earlier about as well 
in terms of their their readiness for for the games, and that's something that people will be interested in. And you know, all the travelling and all mm. the upheaval. I mean, it's you know, it's a massive a massive change. And one of the questions I asked. Um, Dyson was around his readiness to play because he's played a full season as well of course they've yeah. just finished their season um, and one of the things he mentioned was the nutrition how that will take a, a little bit of getting used to here in Scotland because of course it's extremely um, different to, to, to Japanese food so that was one of the things that he pointed out but he, he seems to think they'll get, get used to it pretty quickly and they'll adapt pretty quickly so um, there will be a period of, of adapting in, in those sort of in those sort of areas but you know at the end of the day um, they're here to do a job and, and they sound extremely excited to get going once they get a deep fried Mars bar down them <laughs> uh, they will be absolutely fine I think I, having I Kylo helps you know yeah. all that food stuff and where to go and where to shop and where to eat and you know how to do yeah. things having mm-hmm. someone a, a fellow countryman there already who's been there for six months you know we see how he hit the ground running mm. you know we said it last week the impact he had initially so they'll be hoping to just follow his lead, which you know certainly will will keep pushing him forward. One of one of the concerns, I guess, and Joe mentioned it there, uh, Crags, is the mileage on the clock already for them, having come off a full campaign yeah. in Japan, and as the Scottish season wears on, you know, what, might that have an impact? Well, it may have, you know, at, at some stage, but that's what I'm talking about. Then it's up to Alex Bostercoglu, you know, to, to to share the workload to put them in to rotate a little bit more, to keep them fresh. But I think it was Craig Moore said one of the nights he was in, he said the Japanese players, they're really robust. They're really mm. hardworking. They've got a great application for the game, a great desire for the game. So I think that will stand them in good stead. You know, come the summertime, you know, when the season's over, they'll get a good rest then. But he can, you, know, you can imagine with them joining up, Rob, they'll want to be involved right away. You know, getting to Celtic Park, they'll see it. You know, seeing the crowd next Monday night will be, you know, it'll be 60,000. No doubt it'll be sold out. Mm. So I think once they get that feel for the club and for the atmosphere, they'll think, I'm fit, I'm ready. As long as the mind's fresh, you know, they'll be ready to go. And obviously, um, they all know Andrew Postacoglu well because of his time in Japan. And in the case of Maeda, he, he's played in his team. Exactly. And and that was one of the, the things that came up today. Like you say, he's re- reunited with Andrew Postacoglu, Postacoglu, sorry. Um, and he says he admires his strong views and opinions. And he's the type of manager you want to do your best for. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, we've we've Sadiq, seen the effect. Sorry, the effect. Was, uh, Sadiq used to be at Rangers. Umar Sadiq, yeah. Just come on from Nigeria. Yeah. So I just want to saw that, Rob. So I thought yeah, no, no, no. If you were wondering where is Umar Sadiq now? Yeah, he's playing <laughs> Nigeria. Was, the, he, was he at Roma at the time or was he on loan from Roma? I'm just trying to remember which club he was. He was on loan at Rangers, he was wasn't he? Rangers. Was he a Roma player maybe at the time? I can't remember. Anyway, uh, he was very quickly forgotten by the, yeah. by the, the Rangers fans. Um, what was I saying to you there? I was about to ask you a very, very key question. Yeah, just about about the relationship. I mean, we've seen the effect that that he's had on the likes of Tom Rogic, yeah. which has been startling. Uh, the way he's been rejuvenated, and I guess his his knowledge not just of these players but of their culture as well, and, and how the difficulties maybe in adapting that he can help them overcome. Yeah. Plus, they also know what style of football they're coming to play. You know, they're not having to settle in and, and try and learn a new way of playing or playing a different position. They Because he's worked with them before, it'll be straightforward, very simple, straightforward. It'll take a lot of the doubts away from him. I think he's been abroad before. I think he was in Maritimo in, in Portugal and it didn't work out for him. So this is his second opportunity now to come away and it probably will be easier, a little bit older, a little bit more mature, probably a more rounded player. But certainly having a manager who you've worked with before, you've worked under, you know how he goes about things. You're right, he knows, he knows their culture, he knows how the get the best out of them, certainly out of out of Maeda. 
And again, Kyogo, the impact he's made, they'll be thinking, I want a bit of that. I want to go there and test myself. And financially for Celtic, it's been great deals. You know, they haven't spent an awful lot of money. And they're getting three hungry young players who have still got lots of improvement left in them. But I think all three of them in the mid-20s. So it's um, it, it certainly will have been a huge factor having Ange Postacoglu as manager for him to come. Yeah, I think the three of them are either 24 or 25. So they are at really good ages. So uh, today we've heard uh, what Idiguchi and Maeda had to say. And uh, tomorrow we'll hear a bit more about Rio Hatate. And I think he's the guy who started off at left back, then played left midfield and ended up up front. So it sounds like he's adaptable, Joe. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's one of the things he's very much been billed as a utility player. But Ange Postacoglu came out when he joined and said he's going to play him um, attacking mid and, and that's where he feels he's at his best as well so um, it will be interesting to see um, how Rio Hatati plays but definitely um, Yosuke Idiguchi or, or Gucci I think as he wants to be yeah. known um, he's, he was the other one that um, talked today and and something that, that he said was that he sees this move as a second chance um, because he had previous... Um, he was at Leeds, wasn't he? he but was then, but then immediately went on loan, I think, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was around 2018, I think. He was at Leeds and he went over to Spain and Germany on mm. loan. Didn't get much of an opportunity at Leeds. And um, he said he, he never felt it worked as he wasn't able to give it his all and he couldn't put all of his energy into it. So it almost seems like he's got a, a point to prove here now. Joe, thanks very much indeed. Uh, good to get your takeaway, if I can use that word, from the uh, the media conference today and to hear from uh, the new arrivals uh, from Japan, the land of the rising sun and uh, maybe the land of the rising hopes at Celtic Park in the second half of the season, looking to uh, eat into that uh, six-point advantage that Rangers have coming out of the, the winter break. And the Celtic fans will be really excited about Monday. I mean, the... Even they won't be expecting all three plus Kyogo to be in that starting yeah. 11 uh, against Hibs. But uh, you would imagine um, at least one of them will, will will start that one. Well, you would think so. It'll depend who's fit and available. You know, I was making a list earlier of David Turnbull, hamstring injury. Kyogo struggled with a hamstring. Jota, a Yeti. James Forrest was injured just before the break. Uh, Jack Amakis was injured just before the break. So Celtic needed players. They needed a bit more strength and depth. And I think that's what you know, these players coming in gives them, it gives the manager uh, an op- an opportunity to, to change personnel, to freshen things up. When you make subs, you're not weakening your team, you're bringing on the same standard of players. So that's why it'll be exciting for the Celtic fans, you know, considering if you get Jota back as well, you know, he's he was certainly a big miss. He was terrific in his form before before he got injured and Kyogo has been, you know, his form's been scintillating since he came in. David Turnbull was excellent before he got injured. So I think what it does when you bring in new players, it just adds an edge to the players who are already there, Rob, because they're thinking and looking over their shoulder and thinking, he's coming here to take my place. You know, so then it just means you up your game that little bit more. You know, Rogic and Turnbull have been through an awful lot of work. You know, they've played an awful lot of games in the first half of the season without being able to really be rested or moved about. Callum McGregor is just so robust as well. He plays all the time. So having the likes of Hatati coming in and, and, and Maeda just freshens it up a little bit and just allows him to maybe take players out here and there to save any kind of injuries. It's a massive match, isn't it? And uh, we can get genuinely excited about it now knowing that not just it's happening next Monday but actually it's happening uh, in front of a, a full house Rangers are at Petaudry the, the following night so there's scope for there to be difficulties mm-hmm. for the Premiership leaders but what Celtic don't want to be doing is dropping anything on the Monday night and allowing Rangers the opportunity to go further yeah. clear at the top Yeah when you play you know the day before the night before 
and you're chasing, you want to keep putting the pressure on, you want to try and put Rangers under a little bit of pressure. So, you know, they'll be coming out flying, Celtic, you'd imagine. I think we had almost resigned ourselves to thinking there might not be any crowd, it might be just 500 again. Mm. So you're right, I think it just adds further excitement, anticipation of the game coming round. The players will certainly be looking forward to it, the managers will. I'm not too sure the officials will, but certainly the players and the managers will. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's the key. When you play first, go and win your game. Try and put as much pressure on the Rangers as you possibly can. You remember, there's still three old firm games left. Yeah. You know, so you know, traditionally we always say that they don't always, they're not always a deciding factor. I think this year they could be. You know, the two teams are going to be so close heading into the latter stages of the season that the three old firm games are going to be vital. Um, what the Celtic fans don't want to be uh, written in the script or written in the stars is that Sean Maloney returns to Celtic mm. Park to haunt them because he's been busy. Uh, I think he made the suggestion early on that he wasn't <laughs> going to do much in the transfer market. There's been barely a day gone by since the start of January that Hibs haven't either been linked with somebody or actually signed somebody. Uh, he's brought in a few already uh, and you would imagine there are a few on the way out. Um, he's not hanging about, is he? No, he's not. Um, you know, Listen, he's had an excellent start. It's only two games, but he's won his two games. There's been plenty of nice things said about him. And I think sometimes it's it's hard to discuss bringing players in until you've actually had a couple of weeks to work with your players and see what you need and see where you're a little bit short. Uh, he, he probably had ideas in his mind about players and he's got it in the thought, you know, he surprised me more than what I thought. He's better than what I thought. Or he, you know, isn't it the standard? But I think but sometimes when players come up and opportunities come up as a manager, you, rather than saying, well, you know, we'll wait till the next window, go and grasp it while you can. Someone like Harry Clark, I think I've got him on an 18-month loan. Uh, looks very good. Young Ewan Henderson from Celtic. He's just needing a place to go and play his football and try and reignite his career, or try and ignite his career, should I say. Um, so it's exciting times to be a Hibs you know, player and, and, and supporter. But ultimately, Sean Maloney will learn an awful lot about his players, Rob. He will learn an awful lot about his players in this game because it's a step up in level. He'll see what they're like without the ball. He'll see how brave they are in possession. I know he's tried to change his style of play. He wants to play it from the back. He wants his players to be brave. So when you go against a high-press and high-energy Celtic team, Sean Maloney will know what level his players are at, where they can get to, or where there's improvements. Because Celtic will pick holes in them, no doubt about it. They'll have to, you know, go and be good and be aggressive. But certainly, it's it's set up to be a cracking game. Thanks to uh, Mr. Paul Cooney uh, for informing us that Umar Sadiq uh, currently plays for the Spanish side Almeria. Uh, Paul Cooney in association with Wikipedia, it would have to be said, but thanks for that, Paul. That's where he is now, and he's also very much involved in the Africa Cup of Nations right at this minute. Nigeria 1, Egypt 0. An assist for Joe Aribo, a goal for Ianacho of uh, Leicester City, and some breaking news on the show that David Marshall... Uh, the Scotland legend uh, he has to be uh, mm-hmm. after what he, he did in helping Scotland into the uh, Euros he's joined Queen's Park Rangers until the end of the season so he's finally found a club he's finally got himself away from Derby County where it all went horribly wrong for him uh, and he will hope that he's getting uh, plenty of game time uh, in the coming weeks to get himself back in that Scotland squad Yeah well you know he certainly wouldn't have written off getting back into the squad you can imagine after his heroics under Steve Clark that if he's back fit and playing Steve Clark would bring him into the squad you know he's that good a player he's, he's a good character around the place he's got great experience big game experience as well which is key when you come to your big games but you've got to say you know it's going to be very difficult to say to Craig Gordon listen Craig you're not going to play in these two big games because David Marshall's back so competition for places is exactly what you want from a manager but Craig Gordon certainly will be 
will be uh, thinking he's number one now. Lots still to talk about between now and six, including is Martin Boyle heading for the Middle East? Is £29,000 a week going to be enough from him? Will he still be a Hibs player uh, when Celtic uh, are at home to Sean Maloney's team next Monday night? What we do know is it will be played in front of a full house. The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com Don't miss out on huge savings on your new taxi Available exclusively to the taxi trade Let's go, go, go. On the Go Radio Football Show, we have, of course, the uh, very quickest of updates from the Africa Cup of mm. Nations. I uh, don't quite have a reporter there, to be honest, but we are watching mm. it on the big screen in the studio. Um, with five minutes to go, Nigeria are leading Egypt, Egypt, uh, Mo Salah, and all uh, by a goal to nil. It was an assist, a header for Joe Rebo, uh, which set up the only goal of that game so far. It is looking as if Nigeria are going to claim all three points. Kalechi Iannaccio of Leicester City on the half hour got the only goal of that game. Um, it was good to hear uh, from Joe earlier on um, about what the uh, Celtics' new Japanese recruits uh, were saying today. We'll have more of that on tomorrow night's show, what Rio Atate was uh, was talking about. Uh, we were also talking about the worrying news for Scotland. Billy Gilmore is out injured at the moment, on loan from Chelsea, of course, at... Uh, at Norwich, um, picked up an injury in training, out for up to four weeks, which is not a problem. It's if, it's, if it becomes any more than that, that we might start to worry. There was a big boost last night, though, from a Scotland point of view. Great performance, man of the match he was, Scott McTominay. I think he got man of the match, Craig, didn't he? In that he did, cup yeah. tie, Man U beating Aston Villa. Goodness knows how they actually did beat them. Uh, it wasn't a great performance at all from United. Uh, still trying to work out how they won, but certainly good to see uh, Scott McTominay getting the only goal of, of that game uh, and certainly delivering individually, even if Man U aren't delivering collectively. Yeah, he's growing stature. The more you see him, you know, as he's getting older, there's more trust being put into him. I think Ralph Ranyak really likes him. He's He's been... Uh, singing his praises since he came in. So it's good to see him play in midfield. I think he's knew lots of energy, but it would be interesting to see where Steve Clark fits him in. You know, does Steve Clark bring him back in and put him in centre-half? Does he put him in midfield? So that could maybe depend on how fit and how fresh Billy Gilmer is, if he's available to go and play. So, you know, it, it, it's always good to see, you know, Scottish International playing at one of the big clubs around the world. And yes, you're right, Man United aren't playing well, but ultimately he's progressing nicely. Stephen Craig and Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Uh, looking ahead, uh, getting excited about uh, Premiership football returning. Six days away from uh, Celtic against Hibs. Surely it's going to be a full house for that one as the Premiership gets back to business. Uh, joining us now is Terry, uh, who's a Celtic fan. Hi, Terry. How you doing, Rob? How are you doing, Stephen? Hi, Terry. Happy New Year. Hi, yep. and the same to you. I've got a cut off in mid March myself. Uh, I'm not really. <laughs> yeah, I don't I'm, not, know. I'm not saying good New Year after that, but yeah, up until then is good. Are you any chance you're going to be heading to that game next Monday? Oh, I will be. Go- I'll be going to the game with my kids. Yeah, I'm oh, uh, absolutely ecstatic at the news and uh, feel like breakdancing. You f- you feel like breakdancing? I don't know how that's yeah. going to go on the radio, but we could give it certainly give it a shot. <laughs> Uh, no, that it's 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 fantastic news. I, I think we're all kind of in the in the mood for a celebration, and uh, that is going to be some game when Sean Maloney uh, brings his Hibs team uh, to Celtic Park, and and I guess the the pressure is on. We spoke about it there just a few minutes back, Terry. The the fact that you know, Rangers are in Aberdeen the following night, and you'll be hoping they might slip up there. Uh, but the the main thing is for. 
uh, for Ange and his team is, is to get all three points against Hibs. Oh, every game's a, a massive game for Celtic now. It's uh, obviously we wanted to keep in touch at the top of the league. We obviously dropped a couple of points just before Christmas, but uh, I've had to take that at the beginning of the season to be in touch and had the first trophy in the bag. I'll take that every day of the week. So I, it's big second half of the season coming up, and I just think the decision today. Pre-winter, the pre-winter break coming in. It was mm. the correct one for every club in Scotland, not just Celtic and the other nine clubs that voted for it. But uh, so I've just high from made up. Scottish football administrators get it right, shocker. Um, it's yes, not, it's not, it's not going to catch on, is it? Um, but no, it, it, it's turned out. It seems to be to be a, a really good uh, decision that one. And we only had Boxing Day. Uh, to get through in the Premiership at least with uh, with that crazy cap of of uh, 500 on the number of fans. How excited mm. are you, Terry, about uh, the new Japanese arrivals? We heard earlier in the show what they, what they were saying today at their media conference. How excited are you about them linking up with Kyogo? Do you know, I've not heard anything at all today. I've been obviously been working, uh, but I'm, deli- I'm delighted we've got the three of them in. Uh, we've got our business done early and obviously they've had a... A good, I've obviously been in training for the last few days and I'm going to get more training under my belt before they actually get in the team. So, no, I'm delighted they're there. They're doing their business early for a change. It's not like Celtic. But uh, I, I'm looking forward. We've got the Scottish Cup the following week. It's at Alloa. Yeah. And then obviously there's a, a Glasgow Derby in the horizon. Mm. Should that go ahead, obviously. So, just uh, good things to look forward to now. How do you feel about the six-point gap? The six-point gap, well, obviously with the game coming up in the 2nd of February, that's arguably a six-pointer, as they call it sometimes. It's a game still, really, we really need to be winning that. Uh, whether that goes ahead another thing, if Celtic go with this ruling thing, that they can maybe, if, if there's a lot of players away in international break, but I don't know if that's, if I don't know if they're good in that route. So, What's your take on that, Craigs, at the moment? Where, where do you think we are with, with the, the potential for Celtic to be looking for a postponement? Listen, they have it within the right. You know, if they, it, it could maybe depend on off availability of players. If you still got two or three players out injured and you have three players going on mm. international duty, you don't really want to be playing your biggest rivals in a title race, five or six players no. down. Don't, you know, really, Terry. So, I mean, Ange Postacoglu said previously it doesn't bother him. He'll deal with it when it comes along. But you'd think if it was going to impact his team selection, then he would have to have the game called off. What do you think, Terry? I have to agree with Stephen there. I mean, as much as I would like the game to go ahead, and I'm dying to be there and go, and go to it because you know it's on the horizon. But if Celtic's got about four or five players in international duty and there's players injured, there's still we've got to take advantage of the villain, haven't we? And how do you do? You feel uh, confident about Celtic for the title? Because I mean, it would be an amazing title to win. It would be an incredible no, achievement when you consider where Celtic were in the summer when when Ange Postecoglou first took over to be where you are now. These uh, Japanese recruits. Uh, how optimistic are you about uh, overtaking Rangers for the title? No, let's no let's no get ahead. Is that too far ahead? No, no, Celtic's still a work in progress, Rob. At the end of the day, Rangers are the champions for a reason and they had a good spell there just before Christmas. They can they get through a lot of big games, winning them narrowly, but still winning them and they know how to get a result. So, as I say, Celtic's still got a, a long way to go, but Rangers are the benchmark, as a wise man once said. <laughs> uh, you, you've, you've mastered the manager speak, haven't you? <laughs> I'm, loving the, I'm loving the mind games here that you're playing. Um, but secretly, you will be hoping 
that Celtic can uh, get the job done in the second half of the season. It's going to be fascinating, isn't it? I mean, you know, these even these games next week, uh, we can't wait for them. Uh, and the second half of the season in general, um, it should be a pretty exciting title race. Oh, definitely, definitely. As I say, that obviously you spoke about the Aberdeen Rangers game the following night. Mm. Uh, people maybe say, obviously with that boat coming in, like Rangers will want to use it to their advantage as well. But obviously, an empty house, or five hundred fans at Pataudry, and then obviously five hundred at Celtic Park. That would have been an advantage to Rangers. I would have said. Mm. So no, these games are going to be full houses, and whether it's an advantage or a disadvantage, we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, it's big games coming up. And, just need to take an old cliche selfie. Oh. Just oh, you're good. You're good. You've got more cliches than me, which takes a takes a fair <laughs> takes a fair bit of doing, Terry. To be honest, I'll let you wait. I'll let you wait to your break dancing and and don't do. We're not condoning it officially on the show. Don't do yourself any damage, okay? No worries, lads. Have a good night. See All the best. Cheers, Terry. Um, jubilant that uh, that football, not just football, is back, but football with fans, mm. lots of them. Um, is back next week and he was uh, he was steering a pretty steady course there down the line of uh, who's going to win the, the title we're into the last few minutes of the show I want to touch on just a couple more things before we go one of which um, I guess at the moment we expect Martin Boyle to be featuring if he's around mm-hmm. he will be playing for a Hibs against Celtic um, who knows what's going to happen with him but, but there's certainly plenty of noise uh, about the Middle East at the moment the possibility of uh, uh, 29, 30 grand a week deal and a maybe a two and a half, two and a quarter million pound offer from a, a Middle Eastern team from Martin Boyle. Just wonder whether that might trigger others in the UK to to try to land him. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, he's been Hibs' best player for the last 18 months, two years. He's got pace, he's playing international football, he's scoring lots of goals. And I don't know how close you know, those figures are to be true You know, when you read the media and see what's coming out. But if that's the kind of money that he could potentially get, that's life-changing money, Rob. Mm-hmm. You know, ultimately, Hibs have an asset. They want to try and keep it. But surely they wouldn't want to hold someone back if they could go and earn that kind of money for the next two or three years and set themselves up for life. Of course, Hibs have to look out for them. They want to try and keep them as long as they possibly can. But I'm always surprised that other clubs haven't came and had a nibble. You know, yeah. when you consider, you know, the main attribute people want in their team is pace. And he's absolutely, you know, He's got blistering pace. Mm. So I'm surprised other clubs haven't came. Look, I said last week, would he improve Rangers and Celtic? Well, I think he would get into their team. I think he would certainly, you know, go and play a part. Whether they would go, you know, want to go and spend that money, I don't know. But certainly he's a player that uh, Hibs will be desperate to keep. However, if that's the figures being branded about, you could see why it would interest him. And just briefly, John Suter for Rangers. We spoke about it mm. last Tuesday. We were maybe less certain about it. It does sound as if that's moving to a conclusion. Well, it, it looks like he certainly won't be a, a Hearts player, whether... He is beyond this window. Uh, he's a terrific young player. He's not, again, Scottish international, scored his first international goal. So he's making lots of noises. Some English clubs looking about him as well. But I just always think when there's a good Scottish player, I like to see either half of the old firm try and bring them in and keep them. I like to see them still playing Scottish football. So he would certainly be a, an asset to Rangers, no doubt about it. And today was the day that uh, Hearts got uh, Craig Halkett secured on a longer deal. So maybe that uh, was brought on. Or, or speeded up by the fact that they're expecting to be losing John Suter any day now. Craig Halkett, the former Rangers player, of course, great career at Livingston now uh, at Hearts as well. And just recapping on that news we brought you in the course of the show, that Scotland goalkeeper David Marshall, he's been out of the squad because he hasn't been playing. Uh, hopefully he's back in action pretty soon because... Uh, he has signed for Queen's Park Rangers for the end of uh, for the rest of the season. That's it from us. Thanks, Craig's and uh, Paul is here with Davy Provin tomorrow night live at five.
Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees, They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only.